Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you and welcome to the Illuminated Heart podcast. My name is Ahlam Riyashi and I am your host. This podcast is for the souls who seek to find holistic healing in Allah and who desire to become better versions of themselves spiritually, mentally and emotionally. We will be exploring topics on mental health, combined with Islamic spirituality, as well as incorporating tips on self-love, healing, empowerment, positive mindset, and more. So if you are that soul that is interested on embarking this journey, I am so glad you're here. Let's start healing together. Welcome back. So as I promised, in the next couple of episodes, I will be uncovering the tafsir of Surah Al-Hadid in the aim of inspiring your heart to understand the attributes of Allah, to know who is Allah, and to find healing in his beautiful words. In this episode, I will be talking about the first 15 ayahs of Surah Al-Hadid. So let's begin. Bismillah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts in the first verse by saying And it means that whatsoever is in the heavens and the earth glorifies Allah And he is the almighty, all wise These are the first things we learn about Allah That everything that he has created in the heavens and the earth is always in glorification to him and he teaches us a couple of his attributes from his 99 names al-aziz the almighty and al-hakim the most wise his is the kingdom of the heavens and the earth it is he who gives life and causes death and he has power over everything al-qadir the most powerful these are, again, some of the 99 names of Allah. Al-Awwal, he is the first, which means that there was nothing before him in existence. And the last, Al-Akhir, that there will never be anything after him. Al-Zahir, he is the most manifest. And what that means is that he is manifested in all his signs, the signs of his creation. He is manifesting and existing in everything around us. And al-batin, meaning the most hidden, and this means that he cannot be grasped by our senses, by our limited human minds. He is mysterious in some ways beyond our imagination and he is the all-knower of everything that he has knowledge of everything that happens in this world before this world came into existence and after it then Allah tells us it is he who created the heavens and the earth in six days and then he rose above the arsh the throne in a manner that suits his majesty he knows what goes into the earth and what comes forth from it. Meaning, he knows what goes into the earth, 
the amount of rain that enters the earth, the seeds that enter the earth, the insects that enter the earth. He is aware of every minute detail and what comes forth from it. So what blossoms from the earth, what seedlings come from the earth, what nutrition and fruits come from the earth and what descends from the sky. So again, rain, hail, even the angels that come down, he is aware of it all and what ascends back to it. So what goes back to the heavens, he is aware of everything and he is with you wheresoever you may be. And he is with you wheresoever you may be. And Allah is the all-seeing Al-Basir is another name of Allah, which means the all-seeing one. He sees us in all that we do. Again, reminding us that to him is the kingdom of the heavens and the earth. That all matters will be returned to Allah, meaning all affairs that happen in this world, the account of every human being will go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of judgment. That he merges the night into day and then merges the day into night. And he has full knowledge of whatsoever is in the breasts, meaning the chests and hearts of human beings. So in these first verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala educates us about his majesty, his attributes, his power, filling us with awe about him. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, believe in Allah and his messenger Muhammad sallallahu and spend of what he has made of you trustees. And those of you who believe and spend, there will be great reward. This surah was revealed during the time where the Muslims had already migrated to Medina. So it's known as a Medinan surah. And it's encouraging the Muslims to spend their wealth for the sake of Allah. This is what it's reminding us here. And Allah is telling us that there will be a great reward for those who believe and who spend in the way of Allah. Then Allah says, وَمَا لَكُمْ لَا تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ And what is the matter with you that you do not believe in Allah when the Prophet invites you to believe in your Rabb? And indeed, he has taken your covenant, meaning Allah has taken your promise, your trust, and in the tafsir Ibn Kathir, it is understood that this is referring to the promise of us as mankind to worship Allah, to believe in Allah. This is the promise that we gave to Allah in the realm of the souls, where he gathered all the souls and asked all of us to submit to him. And we said that we will submit to him. So Allah is saying that what is the matter with you that you don't believe in Allah when the Prophet ﷺ invites you to believe in, in your Rabb, in your Lord, and that you've made this promise to him. If you are true believers, then Allah says, he is who sends down to his slave manifest ayahs. Ayahs meaning proofs, evidences, lessons, signs to his slave Muhammad that he may bring you out from darkness into light. 
Now the darkness here is referring to the darkness of ignorance. In a time of jahiliyyah, in a time of not knowing Allah. And light is referring to the guidance of Allah. And verily, Allah is to you full of kindness and is most merciful. Again, these are the some of the 99 names of Allah. Ar-Ra'uf means the one who is full of kindness. Kindness, he is referring to his kindness of bestowing his mercy upon us, guiding us towards the right path, the path of goodness, the path of Jannah, and Ar-Rahim, the most merciful. In verse number 10, Allah says, And what is the matter with you that you do not spend in the way of Allah? And to Allah belongs the heritage of the heavens and the earth. There's two meanings for this in tafsir. One is that, why do you not spend in the cause of Allah when actually everything belongs to Allah? It doesn't belong to us. Everything that we have belongs to Allah. So why are we holding on to something that's not really ours? And the second meaning can also be understood as encouraging the believers to not fear poverty by spending in the way of Allah. To understand that the true believers are those who understand that Allah is Ar-Razaq, the provider of all provisions, and he is vast in his provisions, and whatever we give will not reduce us nor will nor will it cause us poverty, right? That the true believers understand in giving, Allah will give more to us. And then the verse continues to say that those who spent before the conquest of Mecca are not equal to those who spent after the conquest. Such are greater in degree than those who spent afterwards and fought. The understanding here is that, of course, at a time where Islam was still quite new and still quite um, strange to the people and it's easy to have doubt at that time, those who actually fought and spent in the way of Allah in a time of such uncertainty and persecution are higher in their degree to Allah compared to those who did it afterwards, you know, when the Muslims gained victory. And they gained that security. So Allah is saying that those who did so are higher in their degree to me. And Allah has promised the best reward. And Allah is all aware of what you do. Allah is Al-Khabir, the one who is most aware. And this, in a deeper context, Allah is saying that he is aware of what is within us. He's saying that he is aware of our intentions. What people do outwardly may not necessarily match what is their true intention inside. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-khabir, the one who is aware of our deepest intentions for our actions. In verse number 11, Allah says, Who is it that will lend a good loan to Allah? And that Allah will increase it manifold, and he will have a good reward, meaning paradise. Allah is encouraging the believers to give a loan to Allah. This is a reminder for us today, reminding us that when we give for the sake of Allah, Allah grants us a reward even better than what we can obtain in this dunya. And that is paradise. 
That is the ultimate goal that we should all be looking forward to. Verse number 12, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, On the day you shall see the believing men and the believing women, their light running forward before them and by their right hands. Glide tidings for you this day. Gardens under which rivers flow to dwell therein forever. Truly, this is the great success. First of all, this ayah is referring to the believers who spend in charity, who spend for the sake of Allah, and it is referring to the day of judgment. So on that day, they will have a light before them and at their right hand. It is said in a, a report by Abdullah ibn Mas'ud that the Prophet ﷺ said, they will pass over the, the sirat. Now, the sirat is a, a very narrow, sharp path in which every human being will have to cross. And the experience that they will have crossing this path uh, to the other side will be in accordance to their deeds. So they will pass over the sirat according to their deeds. If you've not heard of this before, I would recommend you research about it, look into it. Um, I won't go into too much detail about it right now. So anyway, this is referring to the sirat. The sirat is a really dark place. Now some people will have a light as large as a mountain, it is said. Some as a date tree. Some as big as a man in the standing position. The least among them has a light as big as his index finger, and it is lit at times and extinguished at other times. And uh, then is further commented on this ayah that everyone will be given a light on the day of resurrection. Now, when they arrive at the sirat, the light of the hypocrites will be extinguished. When the believers see this, they will be concerned that their light will also be extinguished, just as the light of the hypocrites. And this is when the believers will make the dua, O Allah, O our Lord, perfect our light for us. This is the dua that the Prophet Sallallahu uh, taught us as well. It's a, it's a prophetic dua. Rabbana atmim lana nurana. It's actually one of my favorite duas. Um, of course, it has to do with light, so I love that dua. Allah atmim lana nurana. Now, when I read this tafsir, I was amazed and I finally come to understand the context of this dua that I've been making. Uh, I didn't really understand what it meant in more detail, that light within us. I always understood it as the light within our hearts, the light of Iman uh, within our hearts. So I would make it with that intention. But now I understand that it can also be referred to as the light in which we will have on the day of judgment. Subhanallah. So remember this dua. Rabbana atmim lana nurana. So that's what it means by the believers who will have a light before them and by their right hands. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, بُشُرَاكُمُ muliyum, Glad tidings for you this day. Gardens flowing under them rivers, which means Jannah, and to dwell therein forever. ذَلِكَ هُوَ الْفَوْزُ الْعَظِيمُ That is the greatest success. And then in ayah 13, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then talks about the hypocrites. So on that day, the male and female hypocrites will say to those who believe, that wait for us, let us get something from your light. And 
it will be said to them, that go back to your rear, as in go back to your darkness, and then seek a light. And there will be a wall put between them with a gate therein. And inside it will be mercy, and outside it will be torment. In the Ibn Kathir tafsir, it is explained to us that Allah informs us in this ayah of the terrible horrors and the horrendous incidents that will take place on the Day of Judgment. No one on that day will be saved except those who believed in Allah and His Messenger, obeyed Allah's commands and avoided His prohibitions. So it's reported from Ibn Abbas that it is said by the Prophet ﷺ, when the people are gathering in darkness, Allah will send light. And when the believers see the light, they will march towards it. This light will be their guide from Allah to paradise. When the hypocrites see the believers following the light, they will follow them. However, Allah will extinguish the light for the hypocrites and they will say to the believers, the hypocrites will say to the believers, Wait for us, let us get something from your light. And that is when the believers will respond back to them and say, go back to the rear, go back to your dark area and look for a light there. So that wall will be placed between them with a gate therein and inside it will be mercy, meaning paradise, Jannah, and outside it where the hypocrites are will be torment, will be the hellfire. So then in Ayah 14, the hypocrites will then say to the believers, Alam nakum were we not with you? And the believers will respond back saying, Bala anfusakum. Yes, but you led yourselves into temptation. You look forward to our destruction. You doubted in faith and you were deceived by false hopes until... The command of Allah came, it's referring to death, until their death came, and that you were deceived about Allah by the chief deceiver. Now the chief deceiver is shaitan, that they were deceived by shaitan. So the hypocrites are those who are with the believers, perhaps uh, in physical presence, and they may have been doing some of the actions with the believers, but they were hypocrites because of the doubt within their heart, the suspicion within their heart, the evil intentions they had. They probably wanted to bask in the victory of the Muslims, but they weren't fully, truly believing. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is aware of all that we have in our hearts. And this is the end result of the hypocrites. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse 15 that on this day no ransom will be taken from you, nor of those who disbelieved. And your abode is the hellfire. Here, that is your place, that is your protector. Mawla means protector, which means like the shelter that is worthy for the disbelievers and for the hypocrites. Allah is saying, that's your place, that's your place of protection. That's what's going to protect you now. And 
وبئس المصير that is the worst destination may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from such an end may allah protect us from being amongst those who are called hypocrites those who doubt allah those who doubt the last day those who doubt his words and may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are known as the believers those who will have a light before them and by their right hands whose book of deeds will be heavy on the last day who will be accepted in allah's mercy who will be admitted in the gardens of paradise that is the success that we are seeking may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst them amin rabbil alamin so that is my attempt at translating this surah for you in the hope that you have learned something today that it has inspired you about allah I hope that it balances the hope and fear in your heart for Allah as the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that the believer should have a balance of hope and fear for Allah in their hearts like the bird one wing is hope and one wing is fear Jazakallah khair again thank you so much for listening thank you so much for participating in this journey with me and insha Allah I'll see you back here next week. Ooh, 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 ooh.